Wash your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us. Sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. That's a great page that everyone needs to follow called Bootleg Stuff. They have a Facebook page and a Twitter, and it's so hilarious. Like some of the JoJo bootlegs, they're just like, what? Yes. Oh, and there was a Nier one on there, and they just like, they were trying to make some mobile game ripoff of Nier that apparently didn't even load, and they just photoshopped, they took a screenshot of 2B and 9S and just photoshopped all this purple crap onto it. (laughs) And it was so bad. And it was called Automatic Near Action. Automatic Near Action. We should, you should put that in front of the skit. Oh, you guys are yes. awesome. Welcome to another episode of Automatic Near Action. Automatic. Near Automata. Automata. Hey, this is Maggie Carr from Maggie vs. Evil Dead. You can look it up on YouTube and God have mercy on your soul because you're about to listen to Sean on Horribly Awkward Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Sissy Jones from Firewatch. I'm Delilah. I hate to tell you guys, but the rumors are not true. Sean is not horribly awkward. You've all been terribly misled. Hey, y'all, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel on The Walking Dead. And soon as Psycho Head, Rob Zombie's new movie, soon to be released, 31. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. Keep tuning in. Follow me. Hey, this is Dragonfly from Pure Gasmic Love. And you are listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's time to get awkward. Horribly Awkward Improv Action. 2B, come in. We have a message from command. 2B here. Go ahead. There's a rogue machine named Old Man Jenkins up at the amusement park. He keeps scaring other androids and children away from it, possibly for the insurance money. We need you to go there and check it out. Well, this doesn't sound like my usual mission, but... All right, I suppose. Don't question command, 2B. Got it. Hello, 2B. I am H17, and I am your healer for today. A healer? Normally, 9S supports me on these missions. Do you know where he is? I think he's being repaired on, but I do have peroxide, I do have band-aids, and I do have a small solder gun. What would androids need band-aids for? I don't know. They gave me a backpack full of stuff, said, here, go H17, handle business. Well, I hope it's got coffee in there, because we do need that to repair our systems. It's a little known secret. I don't know anything about coffee, but I got band-aids and peroxide. All right, close enough. Hey, this is old man Jenkins. I have just gotten on your airwaves. Are you there? 2B, are you here to ruin my operation? What is this? Yeah, hello, hello. I can't hear you very good. I think I think this, uh, this is cutting out a little bit. Are you there, 2B? Oh, not again. These communication systems have been having problems. Yeah, to Maybe me, I, I need to upgrade them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is getting. You know, I, I don't know if this band-aids and peroxide things. This, this actually seems real. I don't think I should stick around for it very much longer. <sighs> Am I the only one who's going to do this mission? You guys stop freaking complaining and whining about this stuff. Are you gonna come here and ruin I'm my operation? Um. Let's... All right. Well. I guess we're going in. Yeah, uh, 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 operator, can, can we get a, a new mission? What did I tell you about questioning command? 
I, uh, yeah, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to heal. I'm d doing my business, but can we please get a new mission? Alright. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. You guys are just whining and complaining. This is lame. Uh, excuse me, there's actually an urgent new mission that I would like to undertake, if that's alright. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm out of here, guys. A strange creature known as a Mewtwo has spawned nearby, but we need about 20 other androids to battle it in hopes of capturing it for research. Uh, I don't like the sound of that either. Uh, uh, operator, does this sound legit? Yes, 2B. Yora has called all available androids to go and catch the Mewtwo. We're also sending some supplies. They're small round balls that should be able to digitize the Mewtwo and keep all of his cellular structure within the Pokeball as data. So, huh. happy hunting. Interesting. I've never seen this sort of creature before. I wonder if it's a machine or some kind of strange life form? It looks to be biological, Tubi. Huh. Well, I hope it's not dangerous. Tubi, we've just received some new information. Apparently the creature is incredibly dangerous. Oh no. Where's 9S when I need him? And scene. Yay! Hey Norma, give us a horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. <laughs> Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't think that it's awkward. <laughs> Welcome to episode 102 of Horribly Awkward. I am Sean. Unfortunately, you're stuck with me, at least till the end of the podcast you are. Many, many thanks for downloading the podcast and listening. I do appreciate it. You can hear the show on Radio Vegas Rocks every Monday morning at 6 a.m. If you live in Vegas, I think it's 98 point something on the radio. I don't I should have known that, right, before I started talking about it. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Tell a friend of a friend. Tell a foe. Tell a squirrel. Tell a kitten. I don't care. I'm not picky because word of mouth is a beautiful thing. I got a voicemail number, so tell me some stuff if you want, and I will play it. That number is 510-600-3475. And as always, you can find that down below in the description. So... If you are out searching for your missing brother, following a trail of red balloons down a nasty sewer, it's cool, you know, check when you get back home and you're safe. You can also found, find that number. I already said that, so forget I said that. You can, you can reach out to me the old-fashioned way at horriblyacronpodcast at gmail.com. On today's show, my friend Caitlin McAtee is back. A very funny comedian, YouTuber, ultra-comic nerd. And uh, last time, uh, Caitlin, do you remember the last thing I said to you? Um, no, I probably blacked out from trauma. What was it again? I said, you should come back on the podcast sometime. And you said something like, I will if you get a kick-ass guest. Oh, I, I probably, you know what? I think I remember how that went. I'm pretty sure I said, please get out of my house, Sean, and please stop coming here unannounced. <laughs> and I said, I'll be back with a kick-ass guest. So I went out and got the Do best guest. Yes, <laughs> I went out and got the best guest ever in the history of podcasting. That you did. I, I just had to come back because I'm a big nerd. Uh, so I got a voice actress, an American voice actress who does a lot of English dubs on Japanese games, animated stuff. She's done work on Skullgirls, Dustin Elysian <laughs> Tale, Dead or Alive 5, Disgaea 5, Honey Pop. Honey Pop is amazing. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
Danganronpa, Tales of Zestiria, Paladins, um, Fire Emblem Heroes. This <laughs> goes on and on and on. And she's in my favorite game of 2017. This game actually falls in my favorite games of all time. She is to be in near Automata, Miss Kira Blackwell. I love how you're like clapping Yay. for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear the crowd. That crowd was amazing. <laughs> Kira, no, you're I here. Have a, I have a great crowd here too. It's two little sleepy kittens. Oh, they're sleeping. That's amazing. Kittens don't sleep. <laughs> they don't normally, but a few hours a day. Yeah, in, so I've got um, um, cats are awesome. I gathered some stuff on the internet, some info, some secret info on Kira. Ah, oh no. Uh, okay, so, Kira, Kira exposed. Kira exposed. Uh, you are a huge David Bowie fan. Yes. This is true, and you actually origin originally from uh, Alaska. That is correct. Wow, how was that? How was that going from Alaska to L.A.? Is, did you go from Alaska to L.A.? Yeah, that must. I be mean, I'd visited here quite a few times before, so uh, kind of knew what to expect. What prompted? Uh, what prompted the move? Work or? Yeah, just because if you want to do voice acting, especially for stuff like anime and video games, you pretty much have to be here. I mean, they also do anime in Texas, but the reason that I chose to live in Southern California is because I really wanted to voice act in video games. Like, that's kind of my biggest passion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're pretty much all done out here. Really that's, cool. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, it seems like... Uh, I've, you know, I've had a lot of voice actors on the podcast and it seems like, yeah, you want to be in LA, you want to be there because things just happen randomly during the day. It's like, can you do this like right now? It's like you have to record some stuff, send it in or even drop by a place, right? Yeah. My life seems so simple. It's like I go to work. Well, actually, it's not. I go to work at like 8 p.m. and I'm working till like 7 a.m. <laughs> oh, nice. That'd be my kind of schedule. I'm I'm very nocturnal naturally, so... Yeah, it That's sucks though. Okay. On my nights off, I'm just up all night, and uh, it's uh, it's very lonely. It's very, <laughs> it's very lonely, guys. Poor, poor Sean. I I think it's nice because it's easier to focus since you don't have eighty million people trying to contact you all the time. <laughs> yeah, and wish... they just try to contact you when you're asleep. <laughs> I wish yep. uh, I wish one person would try to contact me during the day. That would be amazing. Yeah, I I don't. <laughs> you could text me all you want. You guys could blow my phone up with text messages. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hear it. Or see it until I wake up at 3 p.m. Yeah, I'm just so, out. Kira, what's your favorite character that you've played so far? Um, I would say Tubi, I suppose. I mean, I love a lot of my characters in different ways, but Tubi is a very special role to me just because the game was so emotionally heavy and you, you know, you invest so much when you play this game and stuff. And I don't know, I guess. I play a lot of characters who have kind of lighter stories, which is fun in its own way. But, you know, especially when you find out more about like the relationship between 2B and 9S and all this stuff that gets revealed in the game, you're just kind of like, wow, this is, this is a really weighty character to play. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of depth, which I know for, for a lot of anime, I know most of the popular animes tend to be kind of that, moe waifu genre and you don't get as much i think 
dimension with those characters. Do you find that to be kind of true or? Um, I mean, I try to have like as much fun and put as much into every character that I play as possible. But, you know, sometimes just certain media, you know, for example, if you're doing a mobile game or something and most of the lines that you're doing are call outs, you don't really get to explore like a lot of the emotional backstory of the characters and stuff like that. Or sometimes that might be text only to where you don't always know about that during the recording process. But, you know, being in a game that's like so there's so much serious stuff to it, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's like, I don't know, it's really cool just getting to be a part of something that was an emotional experience for so many people. Yeah, I, I love Nier. Um, I played through, I haven't, I never played the original game, but I did get this game because it looked cool. The a 2B on the cover just looks like a fucking badass. So I'm like, I'm going to get this. And um, I played through it the first time. And I know at the very end, it, it says, uh, it basically says, this is not the full story. You need to play multiple times to get multiple endings and multiple storylines. And I, I wasn't even sure I was going to do that. And then I was on um, I was on YouTube and I saw a video that says, like, near Automata, a masterpiece. So I was watching it, listening to what he was saying, and he was talking about the multiple playthroughs. So the very next day, I popped it in and started playing through the second one. I was like, oh, wait, this is a completely different game now. And then the third game <laughs> is, like, a completely different game. And I was like, this this is amazing. The story on this is they're doing things mechanically and, and that um, – that basically I've never seen in a video game. And I mean, I, I don't even know if I will ever see again. It's just, I, when I say this is one of my favorite games of all time, it really is. It's the, the characters, the story, the mechanics of the game. It, it's something special that I have a hard time explaining to people why it is. Cause they don't get it. Either the, yeah, they don't if you play- haven't played it, you're not going to understand, but it was just like, I think this game is really special to a lot of people. And I know it was definitely very, very special to both me and Kyle who played 9S and, you know, especially when we were doing the live streams and stuff and just all the people kind of experiencing this stuff for the first time with us. The, the live streams were probably a, a huge blast. Yeah. Do you play, are you a gamer outside of, of just playing the game for your, for a live stream? Yeah, I used to actually play games a lot more than I do now. I mean, now I'm kind of on the mobile trash bandwagon, like with the Love (laughs) Live and Pokemon Go and Fire Emblem Heroes and all that kind of stuff. But um, I used to play, like, especially a lot of fighting games. Um, I used to help run tournaments for, like, Smash Brothers. And then, you know, in terms of fighting games, I would play, like, Guilty Gear and Street Fighter and Melty Blood and CVS and whatever have you. I suck at, at fighting games. I just, my hands cramp up. I feel like an old man. You cannot move. I seriously, my hands cramp up. I get, I'm in so much pain. Your arthritis starts acting up there, Sean. I, I get in so much old, pain. Old man Jenkins. Yeah, old man Jenkins. Oh, no. I am old man Jenkins. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted, I try to explain this all the time. I've been on many video, video game podcasts since I've played Nier, and I try to explain to people why this game is so special. I tell them, if you guys do a game of the year list, and you guys don't play through Nier, and at least at least think about putting it on your list. I'm not taking your list serious, period. It's, I think it's one of the best games that Square Enix has come out with in a long time. And at the, uh, I remember I was in Akihabara um, this uh, like late spring, early summer, and the Square Enix Cafe was just totally decked out in near merch. 
Oh, was, yeah, I saw pictures, and I really wish I could have seen that in person. It was epic. If you ever, if you ever get a chance to to hit up Japan, let me know because I I organize tours and I do some translating work for people um, who want to do trips to Japan and things like that. So I'll give you a list of all of all the good spots if you're ever thinking about going. And the Square Enix Cafe is a must stop. The food is really good. There's some really cute, really fun merchandise there. And it's it's just a really cool setup. Like, you get to eat the food that's in the games, so and it's kind of awesome. I also heard there's a JoJo Cafe sometimes, and that would also be totally my thing. There is. The, the cool thing about Japan with all of these cafes is that a lot of them... So the two Square Enix cafes, um, they both run through uh, different types of games. So one is more Final Fantasy centered and, you know, the other, there's a one other that sort of rotates through various games that they have coming out. But a lot of these cafes are pop-up cafes. So they'll show up in like, you know, um, a bookstore like Kinokuniya or they'll, you know, pop up in some department store in, you know, Shibuya or something like that. And they always rotate out. So some of them are staples, like, you know, there's a Hello Kitty cafe and a Pom Pom Pudin cafe that, you know, are just always there. And then there's ones where you show up to Japan and you're like, I wonder what if there's any cafes open right now. And you'll just see a litany of just random pop up cafes. That's pretty cool. (laughs) All this sounds amazing. Yeah, we need more stuff like that here, I think. I totally agree. I wish I wish we could do pop up theme cafes in the States. Why can't you? They don't have them. <laughs> do it. Make it happen. You can, you can put anything anywhere. <laughs> okay, I'll run a JoJo cafe. There you go. <laughs> Yay! Do it. Awesome. There, there needs to be, there should be an interactive element. Maybe if you do an amazing pose, you get a free dessert. I don't know. <laughs> yes. No one's giving away free desserts, guys. <laughs> I, I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure so much. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I have a tattoo from it. Really? What is the tattoo? I just have the Joe Star birthmark. <gasps> that is awesome. That's dope. And it I... kind of matches my other tattoo because then I have the black star for David Bowie, so that that works really well. Yeah, notice the black your star, right? You have the star on your email, you have the star on your, your Twitter. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what that's for. <laughs> You guys are you guys are cool. I want to get into the Japanese culture. You guys got to sell me on this. You you do um you do voices for like Japanese animation and stuff, Kira, right? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I want to. I've never I never really gotten into anime, but I always I love the art. I think it's so cool. I just I don't want to read subtitles, and I so. Talk or not oh, talk. It's not sell. that hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so lazy. I just, I want to look at the screen. I want to lay down and I can't read sideways. You know, like <laughs> I'm laying down, I'm trying to look at the TV sideways. Sell me, uh, sell me on something that you voiced that would be really cool or re- like a, a beginner step into something anime. For, oh, wow. Okay. Um, actually, I would recommend that you check out Blue Exorcist because. The English version of that is super fantastic. Like, I'm not even just saying that because I worked on it. I mean, my character is not even in all the episodes. But, um, you know, just like the the main cast and stuff did a fantastic job. It's got Bryce Papp and Brooke and Johnny Young Bosch as the two leads. And um, it's, you know, it's a really 
interesting, like action filled kind of show. And there's a lot going on, like, especially like between the characters and, you know, I just, I feel like it's a really good, you know, most people who have watched Blue Exorcist have enjoyed it. So, I mean, that name alone is is a kick-ass name, so. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good good one. It's very, I think it's one of those shonen staples. So it's, yeah, it's, and it's definitely, definitely got like the supernatural way. elements and stuff like that. And it's yeah. something like one of the other reasons that I feel really confident recommending that is because of like how hard we worked on it, like how much care the team put into it and stuff. You know, the the clients who were in the room were very much um, involved and invested in making sure that it was true to the original and everything like that. So sweet. I'm in. I think yeah. the closest I've came to watching anything uh, anime, so I, I don't even consider anime, would be like The Legend of Korra. That's not even anime, right? That's not anime. <laughs> no, that's, well, there's a whole debate about that. For memes. Oh, did you guys see the trailer for that Jaden Smith anime? I'm sorry, but oh, I cringed. So- <laughs> what was that? Like, it should have been good. I'm like, you've got all these celebrities. You know, you probably got a really high budget for this. But it literally looked like, it you know, a fan-made YouTube anime from, like, 2006. It like, totally did. In my mind, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking Newgrounds in my mind. Yeah. Like, it, it just reminds me of, like, you know, one of those early, like, fan-made series where you're like, okay, it's one guy making it and they're trying their best or whatever. But, you know, in this case, I feel like they have a with budget. The budget they must have had there's not really an excuse you know the standards have to be higher the dorito faces though the dorito faces it's a shame because it's like this this could be good like it could have a lot of potential if it had you know better writing and better like and it's a shame too because i love you know the idea of oh hey here's an anime style property with diverse characters and stuff because that's something that's really needed but when it's you know it's got to be done well (laughs) i was almost thinking like like if jaden smith with like the budget and the resources and the connections that he has would have probably done something quality level like teflon funk you know yeah, and, I mean, you know, like, just some of the lines, too, are just really, like, the, she's possessed? That sucks. I've been making oh, all yeah. my friends listen to that. Because, you know, people think that it's like, oh, it's just anime voice actors or talentless or whatever. And it's like, well, you even have deliveries like that when you have top-of-the-line celebrities, you know? It's like, there's no, like... <laughs> but in that case, that's kind of, I feel like that's a little bit of the writing there, too, though. because Yeah, like, absolutely. The way that no he way said you- it. The way he said it was like, she's possessed? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah, all improv, like guys. Don't no be haters. There's no way that you can like take a line like that and make it sound good, unfortunately. <laughs> I, you really can't. It's just one of those things where it's like, it would be unnatural to say to begin with. And there's no real way to sell it. Yeah, I've had lines like that before, whether um, they were like grammatically incorrect, like, you know, occasionally I've had um, scripts from clients where English isn't their first language, which is fine. But sometimes they're like, oh, we want it as written, don't like change anything or this or that. So I have to deliver these lines with like really bad grammar and it's hard to just like sell it and make it sound, you know, like like I'm supposed to say it like that or um 
I know the other thing, like, there's just some lines that are, like, so overused. Like, I know one that people talk about a lot is, it can't be helped because, and I, I know, you know, I, I speak a decent amount of Japanese. And I know what that is in yeah. Japanese, the shikata ganai or shogunai or, you know, something like that. But it's, like, in English, it's just nobody says it can't be helped. And like, it's, it's difficult, too, because I run into this translating a lot, is that there's no real direct translation for a lot of things, especially when you consider the way that Americans speak and how we use our colloquialism and how our spoken language is. Right. I mean, something I'm, that I would imagine is maybe like, well, we don't have a choice or whatever, because people would say that. But yeah, the like, other I, thing, I don't have a choice okay. right now. Not it. It can't be helped. It's so stiff. Yeah, and it's very, people recognize that as one of those animeisms. I think there's even, like, a TV trope page for it. <laughs> and the other thing, like, the line that I hate this line so much whenever I see it in a script, which I do a lot because it's overused, and there is no way to sell this without sounding like a like a B-movie or something. Like, it's so bad. Um, it's The line goes, like, no, it can't be. Like, nobody said that. There's no oh. way to not make that sound cringy, you know? It's <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, when it's when it's like masaka, like Yeah, that's fine in Japanese, but it's like but what it's if like, some at least say like impossible, maybe if you must, it's the same amount of syllables, but it's just like no, it can't be. Like, there's no way. It's so bad. Nobody, just nobody says it. In in English, if you if you were looking at something that's impossible where it's like, it can't be, you may not even say anything. Like, I don't, I feel, yeah. I feel even just saying, like, no way is, is more natural. No way. Now, now that sounds like a surfer. Yeah, no, and it's, then it's uh, hard too because you know you have the the mouths are moving with a certain number of syllables, so you got to keep that in mind. And you know it's it's tough. I get it, but it's like I feel like a lot of people really really criticize anime dubs, and you know sometimes yeah you do have bad performances. I'm sure I've given performances that's not great to be honest, but it's like you know it's there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, you know, for example, if you have a situation like that where, you know, you have a massacre or something like that, and it's just like there's no way to write a line that means the same thing and fits the mouth or whatever. And it's like there's only so many ways you can deliver that, you know? Yeah. No, and it makes sense when you're working within those parameters that you're going to get some things that, you know, you're just tripping over. But at the same time, I do feel like, dubs get a little bit more flack than they deserve, especially since we've had some really good dubs that yeah. I know in my experience, I've honestly preferred over the original. Well, I think there's kind of this weird juxtaposition in what people like and hate because I notice a lot of people, especially from my generation, are kind of like they have the nostalgia blinders on for a lot of things, which is fine. So, you know, they're talking like they're referring to shows where they change the names, they change like cultural references, sometimes even like rewriting parts of the story and this and that stuff that would never, ever fly today. But they're like, oh, this was so good, even though, you know, it sounded nothing like the Japanese. Not that some of the performances weren't good in those older shows, but it's just it shows, you know, people are like, oh, this was perfect. This is what anime dubbing should be. But then they look at shows now, which, you know, for all intents and purposes are what these people would want. Like, it's closer to the Japanese. They have accurate translations. They have, you know, 
things like that. And then they're complaining about it because they feel like it's not 100% exact. And it's like, well, what, you know, you can't get it 100% exact. That's like, that's the thing when you're translating it from a Japanese medium to an American audience and an English speaking medium, you're, it's never going to be exact. I feel like you make a really good point with the nostalgia blinders because I feel like in geek culture, especially the nostalgia blinders thing is huge. You see it in comics, you see it in anime and you see people just railing against anything new because they've had this preconceived, very nostalgic notion of what it should be. Yeah, I mean, I think Sailor Moon is a a perfect example because I saw people getting into a big Facebook argument recently and they're saying, oh, the the original cast from the 90s is so much better and this and this and this and the new one sucks and has no life. And And it's kind of like, and, you know, some of the performances were actually like quite charming and, you know, it's, it's fun in its own way, the old one. But, you know, if they were to, to put out a dub like that now, especially with, you know, the changes in the censorship yeah. and whatnot, that would never be accepted. Like people would be up in arms, but you know, and the, the newer one, if you will, I did a small part on that, which was fun, but um, you know, it is, they are taking care to make sure that it's, you know, the same kind of meaning and feel and stuff as the original creators intended. And yet people are complaining because they feel like it's not like the really, Americanized 90s version and I'm just like what do yeah. you, what do you guys want <laughs> do, do we want to go back to calling rice balls donuts or <laughs> do we want to get with the times <laughs> yeah it's I don't know I've kind of learned that there's not a lot of making people happy and usually sort of what I tell people is kind of well you know we have dual audio for a reason. Like when I got a lot of hate over to be, I'm just like, you know, if you really like, that's fine. If you prefer the Japanese performances, there's that option. You can change the voice language. Like, but there's no reason. Like my thing is, you know, don't be rude about it. There's no reason to harass the actors who are doing their jobs and doing the best they can, given whatever situation and whatever constraints they have, you know, it's like just, play or watch it in the original audio. I've done that for things where I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this or whatever. Do you have people who actually reach out to you personally and say they don't like it? Oh, all the time. Like it's, um, you know, I had a guy on, there's a Facebook near automata community that I'm a part of. And I had a guy in there say that I was too, physically ugly to voice to be and I'm just like oh how is that even a thing and I and you know somebody tagged me in it and I was like hey you know I'm in this group right like I can see this and you know he just started like going off at me and like telling me that I should kill myself and you know like all this stuff and I'm just like you know that's a lot of anger for someone who you know voiced a version of a character like play it in Japanese and don't be a douche. Like that's not that hard, you know, but you see similar things, I think in, in the comic book community as well, where you get a lot of writers or, um, or honestly, like sometimes guests on some of these comic book shows and things like that. And they'll just get so much heat and so much hate for literally just doing their job. And, and for doing the best that they can at their job. 
And it's absolutely ridiculous. And I feel in some ways women get it a little bit more rough than men in regards to this because of the appearance thing. It's one of those things where if you break the fantasy even slightly for what it's supposed to be, you, uh, you, you're going to get a shit ton of hate and harassment over it. Yeah. And it is very hard. And normally I don't like to, you know, jump immediately to like, Oh, sexism. But I feel like that's a valid thing because I've seen it over and over again. Like I've seen both male and female voice actors get criticism for sure. But I've noticed when they criticize the guys, it tends to be like about their performance. Like they're saying, Oh, this guy's voice sounds the same and everything, which isn't really valid in its own way, but you know what I mean? And then when we get hate a lot of times, I mean, sometimes it is about our performances, but it's very yeah. appearance focused. Like I know, I know doing stand up for me, that was a big thing. And it's partly why I dress the way that I do when I do stand up. I, I wear like really frilly, weird, you know, alternative fashion. And I do, um, I do a lot of insult comedy. So you just get this girl in this weird frilly dress with the foulest mouth you've ever heard. And like, I like it because <laughs> it's a funny juxtaposition of like what it should be. But at the same time, whenever I get criticism on my comedy or my appearance or even my writing, which is completely, I, I do a lot of freelance writing work and that's completely unrelated to the way that I dress at all. But it's Absolutely. always it's always focused on my appearance. My biggest criticisms are always about how I look and it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, because in a field where it's not, you know, if I were a model or something, it's like, okay, if that were, the, but it's like, yeah. I am. I'm like the unseen person providing a voice. And it's like, you know, then the people who criticize us because we don't look like our characters and it's like, okay, well, she's a battle Android. Of course they can make her look as hot as can be. I mean, if I could make a male battle Android, you could bet I'd be modeling him right after David Bowie, which is, you know, almost inhuman physical standards of beauty. So it's like, (laughs) you know, and, and I actually, and I go the extra mile and I dress up as my characters sometimes. So it's like, well, if you're going to play, complain that like my body doesn't look like my characters well at least I'm like you know I'm actually like dressing up and doing the makeup like my characters and stuff so you're participating in the community in a really really fun way and it's I think it's a shame that more people can't appreciate that because not to be a total like butt kiss or anything but I really like your 2B and I prefer it to the Japanese version being quite frank and it makes me really happy when I see voice actors get super into their characters and walk around conventions. Because, you know, I have to do a lot of conventions for work. And, you know, I'm always, like, peeping my favorites, Instagrams and things like that because I want to see who's there and I want to see if they're dressed up. And it always makes me so beyond happy when I see them at a booth or a panel as the character themselves. And I don't really care if they don't look like the character. I'm just happy that they're participating in the fandom with us and makes like it like all those warm fuzzies. And it makes me so mad when there's assholes out there that want to ruin it for the rest of us who appreciate it because, Oh, you're not, you're, you know, you're not a 400 pound right and tight battle Android. Get out. Yeah. Kira, I have to say your two B is fucking amazing. And if it wasn't, I, we definitely wouldn't be here. On the podcast, right? Aww. <laughs> well, thank you. It's so spot on, pitch perfect to what I would want that character to sound like and be like. And it's just great. And I love it. Um, yeah. I, got, I got a couple things, Kay. So uh, I know you probably want to get out of here in a little bit. So um, 
not to just kill the mood, guys. Sorry. Uh, my my friend Robbie, he's a he's a fan of yours, so uh, he's he is very very introverted. So he sent me a couple messages or a couple questions on f- uh, Facebook to to uh, relay to you. Uh, Aww. He, he says, uh, "Hey Robbie, hey Robbie, big shouts, Robbie guys." Um, he says he just wants to start off by saying he's a big fan of your work, especially your role as two B in near Automata, Automata, Automata. I uh, can't say that correctly. Uh, one of the best games I've ever played. This, that's his quote. It's what he says. Aww. He wants to know what originally got you into voice acting. Um. Well, it was really just like watching anime and playing games and realizing that there's people who do these voices. And I'm just like, oh, well, I want to do that. Because before that, I wanted to be a singer, but I wasn't. Like, I was pretty bad at singing, but I knew I liked performing and using my voice and stuff. So I guess it just seemed like a good fit. Awesome. And he wants to know what your favorite character is that you voiced. I'm sorry, you cut out there. Oh, did I? Oh, what's your favorite character that you voiced? To be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, I had a lot of favorites. Like, I had a blast doing, like, Evie from Paladins and Serafina from Disgaea 5. And obviously, Trucy, right? Because that's a... You know, a franchise that's very special to me. I did play Disgaea 5, the demo, when I got my Nintendo Switch. Like, I needed something to check out, so I played that a little bit. And, yeah, she she was awesome. Serafina was cool. <laughs> I apologize for all the... <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's why it that was awesome. That makes me so happy that you just did that right now. Because <laughs> the... An- <laughs> you do the, like, the whoa-ho-ho, like, royal anime lady laugh perfect. I love it. It's so much fun. Like when I was in a game called Puyo Puyo Tetris, the character that I played in like her little character picture thing, she's even looks like she's about to do the Ojo Sama laugh and it makes me so happy. (laughs) I love Ojo Sama laughs. They're like so perfect. That's another thing I want to get into. I want to get into the turn-based games, guys, but I always fall asleep. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not because it's boring it's because I don't have full control of what I'm doing so I'm like I start getting like I just start I literally fall asleep like I've tried XCOM need, I've tried this guy well, I just you <laughs> based on like Fire up. Emblem Heroes because you can like play that on your phone or tablet and it's it's really fun and it's not like I don't know I don't find it like boring or whatever oh, you're not awesome. just sitting there you're actually dragging your characters around and doing stuff yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm afraid to do phone games because my job, I can literally just grab my phone at any time and play games. So I do do not put fo- games on my phone because I know I have that addictive personality. I'm just then you're like not gonna be working and yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I try to avoid it. I very unfortunately got into this game called Love Nikki. So oh, I heard about actually um, one of my good friends, Natalie Hoover, is like the she does the voice for the main girl. So what? well, tell Nikki I said hi. <laughs> yeah, you should get her on here. She's in Dungan Rompers with me and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Dungan Rompers. Dang it, Grandpa. I love Dang it, Grandpas. Um, another question that Robbie asked, he asked, is having a second career necessary to be an actor or a voice actor? I think at least when you first start out, I mean, there are some people who get really lucky, like, especially if they manage to do a lot of commercials and stuff, or if you're doing, like, constantly doing, like, really big video games or whatever, Um, because games do pay well, like, much more so than anime, but the issue is getting enough work to make it sustainable, because, you know, we can do, like, a game like Nier or this or that, but it's like, well... 
after that, what are you going to do, for example? Like, we're not working all the time. So I find that having even, like, just kind of like a part-time backup job or something, like anything you can do that's not going to super interfere with your recording schedule if you're recording a lot, um, that's really helpful. Like, I know a lot of people have done, like, waitressing, bartending. Like, I, I did waitressing when I first moved out here. I miss being a barista, honestly, but there's not a lot of, like, independent hipster coffee shops right where I live. And the one that I do go to every day is not hiring. But um, for my side job now, I work at a kitten nursery, as I explained before. And, you know, there's definitely, like, it sounds like the best job in the world. But keep in mind, kittens poop a lot. (laughs) And a big part of our job description should be, like, professional poop shoveler. (laughs) I think as long as the poop is coming out of something really cute, that lessens the pain. (sighs) It does, but at the same time, it's like sometimes the smaller and cuter the kitten, the worse it is. And I've really found that to be true. Like, kittens explode and it's bad. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, you know what? When when my dog was a little puppy, he was a little more explody than he is now. (laughs) Yeah. Because their little digestive systems are still forming. Uh, I want to thank you guys both for talking me out of getting a pet. <laughs> oh, no. You should, like a, you should get a pet. I know. It's, I need like a it's tortoise. It's worth it. A tortoise? tortoise. Oh, tort- tortoises are adorable. If you get one, you should name it Polnareff for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing, so it must have been a good joke. I don't know. It's a Joe joke. <laughs> Joe joke. Oh, Joe God, joke. Joe jokes. Thank you, Robbie, for uh, oh, your wow. questions. You're awesome, dude. <laughs> yes, um, thank you, Robbie. And thank you, for uh, Kara, That's for the name of on one the of the kittens. Robbie? Robin Fostering. Mm-hmm. Robbie. Ooh, I wonder if this is planned. Because I thought you said Robbie at first, so I didn't say anything. But I was like, no, like, Robbie is, it's Robbie and Tayo, the two babies. Yeah, Rob, that's, Robbie. That's Robbie's a cool cute. dude. Robbie's a... I think he's in the... Uh, yeah, he's a, he's across the pond. Oh. Very, very cool dude. So he's asleep right now. 3 p.m. He's probably sleeping. Um, yeah, Kara, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, hopefully it wasn't too awkward in the beginning with all those connection <laughs> issues. It was kind of funny because it just made things live up to its name. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I got to live up to that name. So, you know, I... You guys, I've been getting really professional and good at things, but I've been dumbing it down for the podcast. I just want you to know in my personal life, I'm really smart and uh, intelligent, and I do a lot of cool stuff, but I dumb it down for this podcast, guys. So so that it can live up to its name, yeah, so that you, you're not false advertising. Yeah, can you imagine if I was just like super good at it, and everything was like ran great, and I talked great? It'd be like, this is not horribly awkward at all. This should be like horrifically professional. <laughs> Horribly professional podcast. Horribly professional podcast. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, let's do a little wrap up and then uh, you're good to stick around for a little bit, Caitlin, right? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can uh, derp around here for a little bit. Okay, so let's, we're going to do a false uh, end of the podcast thing, kind of. So let's get to the wrap up show. Ayo Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? Yeah, unfortunately, aside from, you know, obviously Danganronpa coming out soon, um, 
That's yeah, cool. follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat are the places where I post stuff. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, Yay. Carrie, you're awesome. And, I, you know, 2B is one of my favorite female characters of this year. And hands down, it's just my favorite game of this year, period. So I, unless something really strong comes out before January, it's going to be my number one. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Thank you, 2B. You're welcome. <laughs> it was great getting to meet you and getting to talk. Yes. Yeah, you too. So, so much fun. Yeah, you guys got way more in common than I do. <laughs> it's that that JoJo's. It's it's the JoJo's. It's that it's that anime trash can life. I, I created the hashtag JoJo trash on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what life's about. JoJo trash. <laughs> I have. Right. Hey, wait. I have I seen a JoJo. Is that the one where it's like a? There is like a gif of him licking like a a, a cherry yes. or something. Yeah. Yes. There was a, I was hosting a burlesque show at Anime Expo and uh, there was a uh, there was a game so we were supposed to put in games for the burlesque show and uh, one of our games was a JoJo posing game. Oh, I do that at my JoJo panels. Yes, that's see JoJo posing games need to be included wherever it's possible. You need to come to one of my panels sometime. Are you going to ALA? You know what? I actually think I'm going to be the MC for ALA. So what? I'm so it's... jealous. I've always wanted to like be an MC for a show, but I don't know how you apply. Um, you know what? I never really applied. I started off um, doing comedy at conventions, and oh, then okay. uh, some of my I just made friends with some of the con organizers and now when they need a host, um, I'm one of the people that they call, but it's not totally for sure yet. I just, I got the heads up at anime expo to keep January clear. So I will probably be there. Hosting. Huh? That's so cool. I hope I get to do something like that someday. I, I will, I will put in a word and introduce you to, um, some of my friends who do the con planning. If you want to, if you want well, to I know I know Andy if that or Andy yeah yeah no that that definitely helps Andy can introduce you to um Allison and Oh I know uh, I yeah I I've met all all of them before oh, so So you know what's up yeah just uh just tell them that you'd really like to get into hosting or co-hosting Yeah I know I I mentioned it to Andrew before but he was kind of like oh I I want to do it or whatever and I was like okay <laughs> not trying to like take your job that's cool Oh, yeah. Uh, I some I guess some people when you're when you're on the lower end of things can get a little protective of their positions, but Andrew's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I mean I'm sure he was joking or whatever, but I don't know. Well, I'll I'll be on the lookout and I'll uh, I'll throw in your name if I hear people looking for for con hosts and stuff. Cuz that I mean honestly, I think it would probably be really fun. It's like voice acting, except you're on stage in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, like I'm doing it for my hometown con, so I, I'm going as Gem from Gem and the Holograms. Oh, I might wear Gem awesome. for like the last day of ALA. I don't know. Are you going to do a wig or are you going to tease out your already fantastic pink hair? Oh, I got like the perfect wig for it. It's an Arda Jareth, which I love the name so yeah. much. That's and well, and also the Jareth hair is perfect for Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> you guys are awesome. 
Thanks, Sean. <laughs> I won't keep you any longer, Kira. Thank you yeah, so no. much. All right. Bye-bye. I'll see you. All right. See you. And we're back. Wait, did we leave? Did Caitlin leave? Oh. No, we didn't leave. We just recorded the uh, the ending. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we recorded. The ending. No. Oh, wait. Here, I'll record my ending while we're at it. You've got an ending? We'll do that again. Okay. We'll definitely do that. Let's take a little quick little break and let's do some shout outs. Okay. Shout out to your face. Boom! Shout out to your face! Okay. Shout out to Pikachu, number one Pokemon. Let's do some shout out. Shout out to Booby Pudding, a weird Japanese snack that I found. Kaylin, you got we gotta take this serious. You can't be joking around all the time. We gotta we have to be serious. Oh well you know it's time for shout outs, baby. So make a list of the people you wanna shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out now. This is the horribly awkward podcast. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out now. Big, big shout out to K Bass and Sissy Jones for hanging out last week on the episode 101. So, uh, I get to meet a lot of awesome people on the podcast, and I feel so blessed. So awesome. Also, thanks for Scott Clark for coming on and bailing me out of that situation because Scott is more professional and he knows when to ask questions, and I just want to talk like we're hanging out on the couch sipping coffee. Uh, which gets weird on podcasts because sometimes people want to talk about what they want to talk about and not want to hear about me. Uh, being an idiot mm. and big shout out to mcdonald's new sriracha mac sauce because that shit is the bomb now you're making me want mcdicks <laughs> mcdicks i've never heard that <laughs> that's what i call mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> shout outs caitlin you got any shout outs shout out to mcdicks yeah big shout out to mcdicks um and their sriracha sauce it is not the szechuan mcnugget sauce but i will be waiting because I really, really need that in my life. And who else? A big shout out to my dog, Thor. Thor. Shout out to my friends over at the Comic Story and Comics Explained YouTube channels. Big shout out to Pikachu, my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Love, a stuffed animal that I've had since I was a kid. Big shout out. I remember the Thor. first I remember the first time we did a podcast, Thor shit all over the place, and then uh yeah, you took the yeah. Yeah, you took the laptop with you in the bathroom as you were cleaning his poop. <laughs> it was so horrible. It was the most awkward podcast in the world. That was yeah. I don't even yeah. I didn't air that one. I don't think. Wait, that's the one. Yeah, that's, you had to go and then. Um, yeah, that's the one. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how we came to the conclusion that like it should keep going and you should just come into the bathroom with me to wash my dog. That was awesome. It was an experience I've never had before, so I'll take it. Yeah, he, Thor, Thor, as a little puppy, went to the bathroom on the floor, and then he rolled in it, <laughs> and he had to be washed. <laughs> Another reason I do not want animals. Yeah, no, that, that happens, especially when they're babies. He doesn't do that anymore, though, thank God. I'm too lazy. He outgrew it. <clears throat> yeah, Thor was, yeah, he was like a couple weeks old or eight weeks old, or he was small, little puppy. He was he was eight weeks. Yeah, we. It was our first week with him home. 
That's that's so much fun. Yeah, you got a dog. He loves you. I want to. That's why I want a dog. It's like this thing loves me no matter what. I could, I could tell it. I can use a you fucking ugly little dog. I hate you. And he'll go yeah 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 and hump my leg. I don't want him to hump my leg, but don't don't teach him to hump your leg. No, <laughs> uh, adding this is gonna don't. be all weird. Uh, added to the Kira Buckland episode. <laughs> maybe we should cut this out, and maybe let's let's uh, let's cut all that out, all of that rambling. <laughs> And let's uh, let's talk about uh, anime or comic books or near <laughs> all of it. How cool was it though getting to do that little improv skit with uh, with Two B there? That was pretty amazing. Two B here, I know it's That's- it's it's cool. I love it. That was a little bit. That was a little bit of a life dream for me, and I'm excited that she'll be at ALA. So actually, you know, right now I'm gonna message my friend Allison here and make sure that I get that host position. Cause I don't want her to be like, I thought you were going to be here. And I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> yeah, last, I, last year I hosted, but I want to make sure I got it this year. One of my favorite things about the podcast is uh, it's not only like I get to talk to hang out with people who I look up to and all that shit. That, that's all fun. It's just doing some crazy improv, you know, it's just, I'm not good at it, but it's just fun. It's just fun. And, you know, I do have this dread after every podcast. I get really depressed sometimes. <laughs> I, really, oh. I really do. I get a, oh, God, was that as dumb as it sounded? And I might listen to it a couple of weeks later and go, you know, that was, that was cool. It just, I was in my head. I think I think that last the last sketch we did with the with the Pokemon was really good. And I think you should use the old Van Jenkins ones for, like, bloopers and outtakes. <laughs> Or if you have a world's worst um, or a horribly awkward's worst sketches, put that in there. <laughs> I just put all the improv. I don't even know if people like the improv. No one ever says anything about it, but I don't care. That's what I like. I dude, the two B one was awesome, and I need a copy of it for my for my life. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I usually will. I'll usually cut those out and then put them somewhere separate. I've been getting lazy with YouTube because nobody goes on my YouTube channel, so I get depressed when I put something cool on there and I get like 23 views and I'm like, this is pointless. You, YouTube takes a while to grow and like right now, so for everybody who's out there that wants to be a YouTuber um, and who's not familiar with me, uh, I'm not a big YouTuber, but I am a digital strategist that has worked for Fortune 500 companies and larger influencers. So I know the game. I know what's up. You know the game. Yeah, you... you, what's up. You gained a lot of followers when you started doing the live broadcast, though. When you started doing the bedtime stories, I I noticed your your follower count went up, like, pretty fast. Like, that's a cool show to watch and just hang out. You're just hanging out with Caitlin and she's reading you bedtime stories. Like, what's more fucking awesome than that? That is so cool. It's really fun. And when we read stories, I do do the voices. Um, A lot of it is we just talk about, like, what the chat wants to talk about and we just hang out. Sometimes we eat pizza together, but it's, it's just like a slumber party basically, but about shit you actually want to talk about. So everybody's welcome. We cover a myriad of topics. Sometimes shit gets really deep. Like when we're doing a 3am cast, it like gets really, we, it gets into those 3am conversations where it gets all existential and shit. And it's like, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What happens to consciousness when we die? And it's like, wow. Do y'all get high before bed or Oh, this is not meshing well with my anxiety right now. I'm like, what is the meaning of life? Oh no, I'm sorry. 
There is no Sean meaning. Got, but yeah, the uh, the sub growth was kind of crazy. It went up to I think eight thousand subs. Wow. In streams, yeah. Did the whole bedtime stories? Because I remember we did that podcast real late night that one night. Me, you, Gabe, Olea, and um. I remember that. That was awesome. You guys should come back to bedtime stories, but you'll have to be on camera, and we'll be in our jammy jams. I don't have any pajamas. Oh, yeah, I do have. Oh, 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 oh! I do have pajama what? bottoms that are Spider-Man. Cool. Okay, that's perfect for bedtime stories. Definitely. So we uh, so yeah, the onesie thing, all of that, really fun. But the subscriber count grew pretty high right now. Right now, it's really difficult for YouTube just because of the uh, algorithm changes are making it a lot harder for people who aren't currently established in the analytics to mm -hmm. get noticed or to get recommended. Yeah, you got to look. It's, you, it's like somebody looking for something specifically that you post. Like me, the only things on my YouTube channel that get any views are the Hannah Tell videos because everyone's like, she has a huge fan base people love her so they're like oh check out Hannah Tell and they see mine and then they then they drop some funny comments which is hilarious um but I think that's the only ones like the other ones I just nobody finds nobody, pod nobody doing podcasts live really helps if yeah. you want to if you want to get the followers because a lot of people don't do live on YouTube so it's easier to get on the front page if you're doing it live okay so Streaming on YouTube is a really good way to build your subscriber base quickly just because you're not competing as heavily. So if you're in the entertainment category under streaming, you'll be able to get up there on that first page really quick. People are starting to catch on though and you're starting to see more streaming. You now is another really good way to increase your subscriber base. It's another high traffic, but relatively non-competitive streaming site. And you can link it to your YouTube. So people will follow you on your YouNow from YouTube and people on YouNow will go to your YouTube channel. I haven't even so heard that, of that one. Yeah, Yeah. YouNow you is a good one. It's not as easily monetized because you actually have to stream with a certain number of viewers, a certain amount, a certain number of viewers like three or four times a week to get it to monetize. So they're like, we won't monetize you unless you have 200 viewers and you stream at least four times a week. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. See, I don't honestly, I, I don't even care about the numbers. I just care about doing the podcast. The pod, <laughs> this podcast to me is, is my only freedom from just being really just out of, from depression and boredom it's like I get this high once a week, and that's that's my high. I'm, and if nobody listens, I mean, as long as I get a couple listeners, I'm fine. But I mean, it's I good. It's cool. But I mean, it's the podcast to me is what it is. A lot of people say do do Patreon. I'm like, I don't I don't want no one's money because I feel like at a certain point, if I'm taking money, I'll feel obligated to do things for reasons other than because I want to do them. I don't know how to explain that. It no, it becomes a job. It moves mm -hmm. from a hobby to a job. Yeah. Like uh, people look at YouTubers and they go, you know, or voice actors. They look at anybody in entertainment, YouTubers, voice actors, Instagram personalities, and they think, wow, what an amazing, awesome, fun life. And yeah, there are times where it is super, super fun. But there's a lot of other times where it feels like a job job. And that's that's a lot of it because how these platforms grow is 
they hit their tent poles, they hit their main searches, and they do have to make a lot of content that they're not necessarily excited about because it will get the subscribers and it'll get the ad revenue. Be and they have to do it because that's their job. That's how they make money by making content other people want to see, but not necessarily content for them. Yeah, I, I, I like I just like creativity. I like when I can tell by listening or watching somebody's stuff that they're doing it because that's what they want to do. Rather than you listen to a lot of podcasts, and I have nothing against them. I listen to somebody's podcasts too, where it's like, here's the news for the week, or here's the stuff, or here's the same you know, crazy things that happened this week that most of the other podcasts are talking about too. That mm -hmm. stuff's like fine and fun to listen to, but I'd rather hear people just talking or having fun or doing improv. There's this new podcast that I really love. It's, it's only like five episodes deep. It's called, um, shit, I forgot already. Uh, <laughs> off Book. It's called Off Book. It is a... It is a fully improv podcast musical. So they 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 do a whole musical, but it's all improv. Hang on, I'm writing that down because that sounds really really fun. Like it, when you I listen to it, it's like listening to an actual musical, but it's all improv. So you know they have their lines where they mess up and things don't make sense, or they throw words in there because you're singing, so you got to rhyme, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But it, it's it is so good that I could just I could just vanish from my work work life and I disappear for an hour into this fucking awesome musical that plays out however it plays out. They'll have a theme, they'll return to themes, they'll have stories, you know, they in between the singing they break up into little conversations which, which goes into another another like singing section. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That sounds I mean honestly that sounds really awesome and I love love stuff like that. Like I mean that's one of the reasons I loved Welcome to Night Vale so much. Just because it was like that old-timey radio show story where I could just vanish for a little bit into this weird world, you know, either on my way home from work or while working on my millionth project of the day and stuff like that. What, just, what is it? Is that a podcast? Yeah. Oh, you haven't uh, heard Welcome to Night Vale? No. Okay. So before people are like, eh, Tumblrina. Um, I found it on Tumblr when I was still using Tumblr. I don't use it so much anymore now because it's just kind of a. Eh, I, don't I honestly get have no idea really what Tumblr is. I've never visited it. I have no idea. Tumblr's Tumblr's what's called like a microblogging platform. So you just, you know, you just make posts a little bit like Facebook, but it's more of in a scrolling blog format. Than oh, wow. I always thought it was pictures, like before Instagram yeah. became Instagram or something. It, it's very yeah it's very photo heavy not okay. so much text heavy but you get you get more text posts like I still have a tumblr I still post on it from my Instagram but I just I'm not on tumblr as much anymore because it you know, it it sort of fizzled out for me there I'm one but, of those guys you hate you know the guys you say that who are so uh, vocal about how they don't watch Game of Thrones but I'm ah. one of those guys that I've never been on tumblr ever never I don't even know what it is what is Tumblr? I have no idea because I'll never go to it. I'll, I'm, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch Watch The Walking Dead. See, you're different though. You, you're not a. So I made a Facebook status update a little while ago. I guess for people listening to this little inane chatter. Shh, don't, don't let him in. Don't let him be behind the curtain. <laughs> so I, I posted this Facebook status essentially saying I've never seen Game of Thrones as the new vegan. Because there are some people in the world that, and they did this, people did this with the Star Wars movies too. 
There's some people in the world. I did. I, I did that until I saw episode seven. I changed my mind and went back and watched them all. Okay. But there are some people who use it as a badge of honor. So they're like, oh, I don't eat meat. I would never think of hurting an animal. That's just ethically not who I am. While you're at dinner, after you've ordered a roast chicken. Like, there are people that do that. And, like, you're talking about, you know, let's say to your office mate, you're talking like, oh, man, I love Game of Thrones. That show slash book changed my life. And then, like, somebody from the peanut gallery goes, oh, oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I just really don't have time for that sort of thing. And you're just sitting there like, you know what, you prissy little fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you. All right. Some people like stuff. All right. There's no shame in liking stuff. There's no shame in liking popular things. All right. Get your hipster bullshit and get out. That's how I feel. That's how I feel, too. Because that's just rude. But Sean does not do that. Sean just is like, well, I've never seen that. Is it good? That's that's what that's what Sean does. You are uh, you are not you are not a hipster bullshitter. Ah uh, yeah yeah. But I used to I used to be the same way with Star Wars. I'm like oh, I've never watched Star Wars, and it became an agenda to not watch it because I didn't care. And then Episode Seven came out, and I'm like, oh, Daisy Ridley looks like a badass. I'm gonna go check this out. I went to the theater. I yeah. I got out of that. I'm like I'm watching all the Star Wars right now, and I went I watched them all. I watched you know and the- you and you felt it in your soul. It was fucking awesome. You reformed. Well, no, Star Wars is a classic. Everybody should see it. At least, you know, the whole trilogy minus minus the prequel episodes. Yeah, I didn't really like those as much, but I still watched them. Uh, yeah, no, I I watched them too. I watched them as a kid, and then blacked out, and then I watched them again in college, and then I haven't seen them since, except for that one scene. Um, <laughs> That one scene, which I will forever remember as one of the funniest scenes in movies ever, when Anakin is lying on the ground and Obi-Wan is like, I have the high ground. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that. That sounds funny, though. You were my brother, Anakin. I trusted you. That, no, when when he burns up his body and becomes Darth Vader, he's <laughs> that. I don't remember any. I, I don't remember much of it at all. I remember they went underwater at this one part. It, it's understandable that you wouldn't remember the prequels just because they were so traumatically bad. And especially if you have, you know, existential anxiety, I understand why your brain would just block it out. Well, to just be clear, I an identity crisis. To be clear, as, as, <laughs> I, I forget everything. Okay. I'll, I'll watch my favorite movie in the world and just kind of can't describe why I liked it so much. I just I know I like things and why I like them. I just can't explain what they're about half the time. It's yeah. it's it's weird. Yeah, I, I'm terrible. I I'm freaking terrible. You're horribly awkward. Yeah, I'm terribly awkward. <laughs> that's that's the charm of it. So what's going on with you? Um, like just in general. Just yeah, like- in general. It's been like over a year since we hung out. So I know you do, you've that's- been doing the YouTube thing. You've been doing stuff every once in a while. I see like. DC Comics retweet you or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm actually working with uh, the DC Comics fans channel and their website. So they send me stuff and I get to review it. Something that has been really cool is that I've been reviewing the comic Mother Panic, which is new for their Young Animals series, which uh, for those of you who follow comics, 
Doom Patrol is part of Young Animals. It's kind of their new Vertigo style line. So DC had their main comics back in the day, main comics and then Vertigo, which was where you found Hellblazer, Constant, you know, Constantine. You got uh, Shade the Changing Man there, which is a trippy, trippy series. If you have not read Shade the Changing Man, I suggest it. It was like just this hyper psychedelic political, like super 60s weird comic. And it's fantastic. What is it called? That has a really cool name. Uh, Shade the Changing Man. That sounds awesome. That just sounds like a cool title. It sounds like a good horror movie, too. It's it's pretty cool. It deals with a lot of like it deals with a lot of existentialism <laughs> in some ways. And he um, there's basically this universe and Earth. So you have this like one dimensional planet, and then you have this blank zone, and then you have Earth. And in order to reach out and communicate to Earth, Shades home planet in their home dimension created this thing called the madness vest so there's this area that blocks earth from kind of this other dimension and it's called the area of madness nobody has ever visited earth because of the area of madness because when they try to visit earth the proximity to the madness zone just causes people to go insane and lose their minds or get sucked into the zone entirely and die or disappear. So Shade basically works with this military operation and they create the madness vest so that they can get through the area of madness and get to Earth. And eventually Shade steals the madness vest and lives on Earth permanently and becomes this um, interdimensional traveler slash poet. And the story... An interdimensional traveler slash poet? Slash poet. <laughs> Just it's, throw that in there. That's trippy, awesome. It is a trippy title, but no, it's, it's really cool. Um, and then uh, Shade disappears at the end of his series uh, into, of course, poetically, the area of madness. And he doesn't have his vest. That's the big thing. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. So the series picks up. So the series ends, like, I think in the 90s. And then it picks up again with the Young, with, uh, the young Animal series, with Shade the Changing Girl, who is a woman from Shade's home dimension. Um, she's actually an avian. So there's, like, all these different species that live in this dimension. Um, she's an avian woman, so she's, like, part bird. She steals the madness vest and goes to Earth because she wants to follow in the footsteps of Rockshade. I'm, and she I'm so lost. My brain is melting. This sounds interesting. The, the whole series is really, really weird. It's super trippy. It's hard to explain in summary. Like, if you guys, if this sounds interesting to you, you can go over to my channel and I actually cover the whole history of Rockshade. Um, more comprehensively than I just did now. Regardless, and go to Caitlin's channel because it's way cooler than my channel. She'll agree. It's, it's that sea monster. And Sean is very cool. Yeah, that's not true. I, earlier, I, I meant to put cool, cool. When I was texting you, I put look cool. <laughs> look cool. I was like, You're all like, right, you do went, my best. Yeah, I like, you, put on top and highlight. I was like, Sean said I had to look cool for this. Well, you put KK, so I was like, KK, I was like, oh, cool, cool. 
And then, but it just, it came out as like, look cool. Look cool. And I was like, well, damn, like I had my hobo sweater on, my <laughs> hair was not done. I was like, I'm just doing a podcast. I don't have to get dressed up. Then Sean was like, look cool. And I was like, fuck. Well, I think you change it all. I've never looked cool on a podcast, but I want my <laughs> guests to look cool. Yep. I think, I, I mean, uh, to be honest, Kira doesn't have to look cool because her voice is the coolest thing in the world. I'm still like having trouble getting over that. She is, yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, I like. I really, I've really got to nail that uh, ALA hosting gig. I mean, I did it last year, so and it went super well because we had to do a fashion show and everything, and they were like, "Who does the fashion show?" Caitlin. So hopefully, that sounds like fun. I need to go sometime to go do something other than uh, work and play video games and podcasts. Like I know there's other things in the world, I just don't know how to get to them. Oh, maybe I will help. Because you can you can get into podcasts and do shit when you are part of a channel or when you want to do press. Um, when I was doing conventions and comedy and shit, I first started by getting press tickets and then just doing panels. And that eventually evolved into guesting and being actual entertainment for the convention. And it takes a, it takes a while, but you it gets better every year. Well, like you do stand-up comedy, that's got to be the the most anxiety-driven thing ever. You're like, I'm gonna go up in front of people and I'm gonna tell my jokes, and they're gonna be looking at me. I want all the attention of the room, right? So I, I imagine a lot of things under that got to be like a lot easier. It makes me throw up every time. Oh, I almost do that on the podcast. Like I'm all, I'm cool. Like I am rock solid until I know it's like. 15 minutes before I'm supposed to do the podcast, I get really nervous and shaky. Oh, I always do every time I become, I do the same kind of shit and I get avoidant. That happens to me a lot. So for anybody out there who's looking to do entertainment and stuff, if you get avoidant or depressed or like you just don't do a mic for like three weeks, um, because you're too terrified because you threw up last time, don't worry. We all get that sometimes. Me especially. I know that was really specific, but I do know other people who have like super aggressive anxiety that will put off doing what they love because it makes them feel so awful. Yeah, I do. Knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on my sweater already. Mom spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. Yeah, I get mom spaghetti. Like there was this one time I got so mom spaghettied at an open mic. And this is an open mic, by the way, in a shitty dive bar. This isn't like but that's, that's more to, that's more personal, though. I imagine in smaller things, it, it is because you're trying out new jokes for the first time. So, like when I go up on a stage to do hosting stuff, and it's like, you know, I I've got my jokes. I've formulated a plan. I've had a schedule for a week. Like I. I'm getting nervous and I'm like, I do this thing backstage. And if any of you follow Andrew J. Landy, fantastic convention host of Southern California, extraordinaire, he will tell you this. I do laps backstage before I get up. Like I just run around <laughs> the back like get, a yeah. Yorkie on steroids. Let all the energy out or what? Yeah, it's to get the energy out. Or sometimes I get immobilized by fear and I just lie down. So, like, people will be walking past me in the back, and they're like, you okay there, hon? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Do you think it's because, like, for me, it's, I think for me, what it is, I'm, I'm, I have problem letting go with my agenda in my head, right? Like, I have this, I have this plan in my head of what I'm going to do, 
and how it's gonna go. And but once it actually starts, it's not. It's not what I planned. It's not because it, because it's a conversation. It's not. It never is. It never is. Like I do the same thing with improv. I try to shut my brain out because if I start thinking about it, I'll start thinking about shit I want to do during the improv, and that really yeah. messes the whole thing up. Because then I'll get this agenda in my head. So I really try to sh- shut that out. But I, it's hard to just. Some people are good at just release it and let things happen, and I'm not good at that. It actually takes a lot. I don't think anyone's naturally good at just releasing it and letting it happen. I think some people who are a bit more neurotic have more trouble than most because you come to rely on your schedules and your expectations really heavily because that's like a security blanket. I think in general, a lot of people have difficulty with it because with improv, like I know, okay, Y'all are about to find out something really cool about me. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I did comedy sports in high school and college. Yeah. What's comedy Um, sports? Okay, comedy sports is competitive improv. Oh, oh, that sounds cool. There are nationals, y'all. There are nationals. Um, You basically compete whose line is it anyway style against other improv teams. And it's it's stupidly fun. If you have a comedy sports league in your area, I suggest joining it. They have it for college, they have adult, and they have high school level comedy sports. And it it is the most fun in the world. I mean, that was that was like the highlight of my year, man, was comedy sports. Screw basketball. Like I was on the varsity basketball team. Really? But comedy sports was my passion. Can you dunk? I cannot dunk. Neither can I. No. I feel like if I'd grown another three inches, I'd have been able to. I could probably do it if I'd grown another three feet. <laughs> <clears throat> maybe maybe um, I could do it. But, like, one of the biggest things when we would do rehearsals was the practicing of saying yes. So no matter how crazy and how nutty somebody's suggestion was for how the improv was going to go, you just say yes and go with it. And it took so much willpower to just say yes and to run with the flow than it did to be like, oh, maybe I can jam in my expectation here really quick. Yes. Yeah. You have to think about it. You do have to think about the action of saying yes and sitting back. Mm, Just that, like, that's right. And then you just work off that. I have a hard time with that. I imagine it would be a lot funner and easier to do maybe in person with people. I I actually never had any interest in improv until I started doing this podcast. Uh, I used to listen to Comedy Bang Bang, which is slightly... Mm -hmm. It's a podcast where there are characters and stuff, but the first episode, I didn't know what improv was. I just thought it was fun to do something random, and then I just went from there. But now I'm like, I'm all about it. I listen to a lot of improv podcasts, and some of them are so good. I'm like, oh, you guys are fucking hilarious. All this yes and, and I just, I love it. That yes, it's that yes and, but that yes and is a bit, it's a practice thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, even if it's wrong, you got to say yes and go from there. You got to be creative. Yeah, you got to go yes and. I'm not creative. Well, I am, but... Creativity, I, I not to like just quote stupid cliches, but creativity is a muscle. Got to work it. Yeah, that's true. Work. That's true. So for all the people Get. out there who don't have any creativity, I'm sorry, you're weak. You, you can gain <laughs> You can gain it, man. You can gain creativity just by doing it. Yeah, you can, yeah. it's uh, So I wasn't being serious. Sometimes I make stupid comments. I'm like, I wonder if people listening are like, you know, I'm one of those people who are, I'm not creative. Sean just made fun of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just say dumb things all the time. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody's thinking that. I think you're okay. Yeah, you guys should hang out with me in person. Things are super inappropriate. It's crazy. <laughs> I go when I go to work. It's like all guys that work there, and we only see each other for like. 30 minutes before our shift starts and then basically everyone's out on their own driving street tru- super trucks i drive a pressure wa- pressure washer but the most inappropriate things are said in that 30 minutes it's all butt jokes all gay jokes i promise you let's go in there and say the rudest shit possible we make fun of each other we make fun of a guy who used to work there who was uh because one day he rolled up listening to uh like a virgin from madonna super loud in his truck and we never and he's been gone for years and we still make fun of it <laughs> and it's hilarious. I I love it when people are mismatched with their their like visual appearance is mismatched with their personal taste. It's like my favorite thing. I love <laughs> watching that. It's just like it's so beautiful. I used to um because I was five edgy ate me when I was younger back in the day for a creative writing class. I would always try to write the goriest, grossest, grossest shit possible. And I'm not talking about like. And then he bled with his black nail polish and his pale skin of bloody bleeding, bloody blood. I'm talking like, you know, trucker at a truck stop got gored by his own car, you know, by his own antlers that were on his truck and was left for dead by some mysterious Texan serial killer. But I would try to wear, whenever we would present our stories, I would always try to wear the cutest, pinkest, frilliest thing possible. And then read the goriest, most inappropriate, gross thing possible. That's amazing. And that was like, because I just, I loved, I loved that so much. And I like seeing it in other people (laughs) when they're mismatched. Be it like a really giant lumberjack looking guy who enjoys making miniature tea sets. (laughs) You know, I just, something about it, man. I just love it. You, you know that new trend of like big lumberjack manly guys, but they're all really got real nice beards and and uh, Christmas. They put glitter and flowers in their beards. Oh, that's my jam right there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And they don't care. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to talk shit on that dude? Oh, you're going you to end up in shit? the ground. Yeah. No, it's like he'll kick the shit out of you with his flowery beard. He'll shove that daisy chain right up your fucking asshole. That's what he'll do. Oh, things got dark. <laughs> Oh, it's like, it's like wow, Caitlin. It went from a funny place to a really upsetting place. Yeah, that's, and I'm just like, I like it. Well, you're welcome. I, I have this this thing in in my head right now. I'm just I got that image in my head, and it's 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 very dark. It's very um, I want to say it's very uh, Rob Zombie. I like that. I like Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob Zombie. Music or the movies? Mm, a little bit of both. The music never hit me as much as the movies did. I like the movies more, I would say. I know a lot of people are music fans first, but I, I'm more of a movies person. Yeah, I'm a movie guy. Uh, Devil's The Devil's Rejects is my favorite horror movie that probably of all time. That is so good. It yes. is. Yeah, it's like here's some villains. You're supposed to hate them, but you love them. You're on their side. You all can't. Right. You can't. It was it was kind of like the light Yagami effect. You know, like the first few chapters of Death Note where you're like, you know what? This light kid, he's onto something here. I don't know. But then, oh, you've never, have you not seen the Death Note anime? No, but Slash I have seen the movie. <laughs> I'm just a guy who watches movies and I, I dug it because it had a cool special effect. So, 
No, the Death Note movie was terrible. It was great. It was so good. It was just a bad. No, it was just a bad movie. It was fantastic. There was this guy with his crazy spikes on it. It was cool. It was the best movie I've seen. Best movie of 2017. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I, wow. did, I didn't hate it, though. I didn't. Where do you I, live again? California. Um, I did not hate it. I, I just watched a movie that I thought was interesting. But I, anyone I say, tell that to who has read or watched the anime uh, calls me an idiot. So I'll take it. See, here's the thing with the Death Note movie. I I can disassociate from the source material and just enjoy it for a good movie. I can. I can do that. I did that with the Coraline movie. The books were way way better. The book Coraline was amazing, but the movie was not as good. But it was, I still liked it as a movie. I was able to separate myself. Okay. The Death Note movie was just a bad movie. Oh, it was so awesome. Let alone comparing it to the original. Which is fantastic. It's amazing, the original. Maybe it's because they had this story they wanted to tell in a short amount of time and everything moved so fast. Uh, they, they wanted to tell a story that took place over like years. And it was like 40 volumes. Death Note, the manga, is 40 volumes. So they took a 40-volume comic book. And they tried to tell it in an hour and a half. So you, first you have that. It would have been way better as a TV series. Death Note would make a fantastic television series because you yeah, have the time. Yeah, you have the time you need. And also, it's a crime drama and a game of cat and mouse. So it requires a lot of suspense buildup. So, again, TV series would have been great. And then you had the casting choice for Light. Here's the thing, and, and also the writing choices. One of the things that made Light a really cool character to begin with was that he was a straight-A student who was very polished, very proper, never got into trouble, you know, had the whole world at his hands, you know, was going to graduate and go to an A-plus school. His dad was the chief of police, so he could get away, I mean, which gave him a lot of resources at his fingertips, but because of his personality, at least in the beginning, and how good his mask was, nobody ever suspected him of being able to attain those resources and use them for evil. You know, mm -hmm. he was just quintessentially the last person you'd suspect, which in any serial killer is a great thing. But then you have light Turner who's like a straight A student, but at the same time he, you know, helps other kids cheat in class. He has a very weak moral compass in general. He's just very weak. He's not a calm or collected person. He's constantly in trouble. He's a delinquent basically. And he lives in a shanty town shack with his dad who may or may not be the chief of police. It was never established. I don't think the chief of police would be living in a shanty shack next to a train station, but there you go. All this is making sense now. Now I understand why the source material is much better. It's a lot better. I, I get it now. I, I get but, it now. But like, movie-wise, the pacing is weird. The pacing you is, is weird. You have to admit, the pacing is weird. Yeah. Like, it just happened. Everything happened like so fast. The, the scene with Elle finding out that Watati basically is dead... So he finds out Watati is dead, and then he shows up in Light's house. Like, he just materializes there. He's, like, in the hotel, and then the next minute, he's in Light's house. He's in his living room, screaming at him. 
And everybody else is having dinner just staring like, wow, this is really awkward. Hmm. That's the creature thing, right? No. That's the ninja guy? No, L, L, what ninja guy? That's the chick? No. Who, who is that? L, L is, L is the, L is the kid who was from a uh, get out. He's the one who's investigating light. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like a ninja. Oh yeah. I guess cause he wears that mask to hide his face. Yeah, I, they, well, don't I can... explain, they don't explain why he wears the mask, but he wears the mask because the rules of the death note, you have to know the person's face and name in order to kill them. That's oh, that's the dude. That's from why he get out. That's the one yeah. guy. That's the, the guy who's, uh, the one of the hypnotized guys. Yeah. He L L played it really true to the source material, which I appreciated. And you got a lot of really good characterization out of that actor, which was great. But the the writing couldn't save it. I like that guy. He was also in um cool. Atlanta. Is that the show? Atlanta? It was a good show. Yeah, yeah. That's a good show. That's a great fucking show. I just I just feel like the pacing of the movie was just so fast and then it relied on a lot of, you know, five edgy eight me stereotypes and I was like, um boo. I watch a lot of weird movies, guys. I watched a lot of weird movies. Have you seen The Lobster? <laughs> the Lobster? Have you seen The Lobster? I've never even heard of it. I'm looking it up though. Oh, okay, look it up, look it up. Okay. So the lobster is essentially about um this society where people have to be married. They have to be coupled. Okay. Yeah. That's Colin Farrell. So yeah. And if you're not coupled, if you're not a, if you're not together in a couple, what happens is you go to this place called the hotel where you will be paired off with a mate who is compatible. Unfortunately, um, if you don't find a mate within 45 days, you are sent to the transformation chamber where you are turned into an animal. What? Are you, are you really? I would have never guessed that that's what it was about. So this one guy, when they ask him, what kind of animal would you like to be if you cannot be mated? He says, I'd like to be a lobster. Okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm seriously going to watch this. It's a really good movie. There are times where it's really funny in a very dark way. And then there are times where it's actually pretty horrifying. And people speak in a very monotonous staccato kind of voice with very little inflection because everything in this society is incredibly literal. There's no inflection. There's no subcontext. There's nothing. It's just literal. It's a literal society. It's it's really weird. It's a very good movie. That sounds pretty interesting. I would have never guessed that that's what that was about by looking at the poster. Yeah, it's you, you got to watch it. It's part horror, part comedy. If uh, Weirdly enough, if you like the movie It Follows, you will really love this. It Follows is pretty good. It's just that same, it's that same kind of like what kind of society are we in? What kind of time period are we in? It's an ambiguous horror. The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've, I've watched that. That's and I've read the book. The book is really good. Season one kind of ended about where the book does. So I'm kind of curious to see where... They said we're getting a season two, so I'm kind of interested to see where that's going to go. Yeah, that was a that was a cool show. I just started watching it. I was like, this is a really fucking twisted idea. Although it's, I don't... It's a, 
It's a very good show, and it's essentially just an extreme... It's an allegory for authoritarianism and extremism, um, particularly over people who are seen as second or lower class utilities as opposed to people. What a crazy idea. I can't wait for season two. it's It's a good one. There are... Like I know, I know a lot of women who watch The Handmaiden's Tale definitely get very, very scared because there are there are some states where you'll feel you feel a little bit like your rights are this is not too far off in some ways just because of societal pressures and culture and then you know some of the legislative choices and stuff like that that kind of take away your autonomy. And then in other ways, our whole society is going super super like politically correct in ways like everybody's so sensitive about stuff they want to edit everything and change everything and people are always complaining and whining and bitching and well and, uh, you weird. have it's super oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt Please no no that was it just <laughs> people are complainers and they get everything you know like the game overwatch it's like one person complained about a pose of one of the female things you know they complain to, to blizzard and then they change it like, why? You know, that's their creative freedom. They should do whatever they want. Well, the thing, the thing that I always find interesting, and partly why you're seeing these extremes right now, is because you're starting to see a lot of people move away from states where they feel they aren't represented. So, like, let's say you have somebody who's very, very liberal, but they live in, you know, a very conservative state like Tennessee, then they move to live in, let's say, a more liberal state um, like California or Oregon, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to see this extreme partisanship between the states because people are just choosing now not to live in states where they don't feel represented. So if they can afford to move, then they leave, which sort of removes a lot of that balance away from the states. You know, it removes a lot of that political balance away from the states. One of the things that I love about living in Colorado is that, like, even though they voted blue the last few elections, um, it's been a relatively balanced state. It's got a really nice blend of sort of liberal and libertarian ideologies, which balances itself out very well, I think. And you have a nice balance between conservatives and liberals. Yeah, I've always heard Colorado is super kickback. Uh, you, you were in Texas, right? Last? you Were you in Texas? I was. I was in Texas, and I was in Texas for the election. And it was one of those places where you get some, like, kind of liberal or moderate pockets of the state. But overall, it's very, very conservative, sometimes in a very extreme way which leads itself to a lot of um, turmoil, a lot of political turmoil. I lived in Texas for a short while, uh, 2007. Um, I had a girlfriend move over there, and she lied to me and said she was pregnant, so I moved over there. Uh, we lived on the beach in Port Aransas, down by, down by Corpus Christi, well, on the beach in a tent. That's a pretty nice area, yeah. It was, it was nice, uh, but I have to say with the people that I met there were the coolest ever. Like I, people were awesome. You'd be walking down the street and people would offer, Hey, you need a ride? Like you, you just jump in the back of their truck and then they'll, you know, they'll drop you off a couple of blocks later. Like there was like yeah. you, that in California, that doesn't happen unless you're about no, to No, it does not. <laughs> yeah. It, one of the things like 
Texas, that's a nice area of Texas. And I've, I've heard that there are parts of Texas that are very much like that. And it's such a big state that you're going to get vastly different cultures depending yeah. on where you live. Like I drove through uh, this area called China, Texas on my way to Beaumont, which is BFE. My dad went to college in Beaumont and was giving a speech because they were like, he's successful and he graduated. And so he, uh, he was giving a speech about following your dreams. And we passed through China, Texas and a couple of other areas. And it was, you would not want to get out of your car there. Oh, like we all, we passed a KKK bookstore. Are you for real? Yeah, no, for wow. real. Yeah. It was that part of Texas. I guess I got lucky. I don't, I mean, like if you were to go to Austin, you would never see something like that. You know, and and the area that you were on the coast there near Corpus Christi probably wouldn't see stuff like that either. And Dallas, too. You wouldn't see that. But there are parts that are like that. Here's something weird about living over there. Okay, so we were on the beach and we got it was super like it was like this little mild. I want to say it's a hurricane, but it's not compared to what's going on right now. But (laughs) I was in the tent and the the wind was pushing the tent on my face. I couldn't breathe. I was stuck in there and I there was sand flying through the, the air. It was like so bad. It was flying through the air. It was like stinging the sand. Um, so we moved into a hotel. This is the way it is over there. It's so weird. You can use your key on any of the other doors. It's like all one key. Mm. I would not like that. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I, I, don't, I forgot how we figured that out. It was more like <laughs> we, we, oh, we tried to open the wrong door. And it was oh. the one next to us. And it was like, oh, shit, this opens. Then we were talking to somebody else in the hotel. Like, I think all these keys work for the same doors. And like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. So we tried it on their door and it did. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I mean, that yeah, was that weird. 10 years ago. So, I mean. Yeah. To, yeah, to be fair. It's a, it's a little bit different now. Like, I know, like the area that I lived in in Dallas, I lived um, in West Village right next to Oak Lawn, which is known as the Gaberhood. So that was the area that I lived in Dallas. So, you know, it was very, very different. But also in Dallas, you've got a lot of money in Dallas. There's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses in Dallas. There's a lot of who's wearing what, who's doing what. And the uh, I picked up a new phrase there. It's the uh, $30,000 millionaire (laughs) was the phrase. So people who go into debt to live a high-class, like, oil tycoon lifestyle. Yeah, ghetto fab. That they can't actually afford. <sighs> yeah, See, a lot of people like to Ghetto fab, I feel, off. is different. It's taking something that would normally be considered low rent and turning it into something fabulous. Me, ghetto fab is like somebody who has credit cards in, a, in the projects in a bad neighborhood, but has, like, all the new Nikes. That's my ghetto fab. It's like he's got that's all the you, brand new Jordans you. and clothes. But you but you can't afford to live in a safe area kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I live in an okay area and yeah. I don't give a shit about I don't get like me, I'm not into wearing nice clothes. I, I don't have a nice vehicle. <laughs> I I'm gonna go out here and admit that I was ghetto fab at one point then. Because yeah. I was living in a I was living in a really shitty area. I was living in an area that was not very safe, but I was still investing my money in my hair and my clothes. That's yeah, but that was me. So yeah, that's, you look yeah, fabulous. I, I was doing. I, because I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't give a shit. That's where I'm going to spend my money the way I Well, see, yeah, you love yourself. I don't give a shit about myself. I just want things around me <laughs> that make me feel love, like a TV and Xbox and a, and a computer. 
My TV makes me feel loved. My TV but makes yeah. me feel loved. But yeah, I think like with some of with some of that extremism that you're starting to see in different states now, it's because like a lot of people are leaving to states that align with their ideologies a little bit more closely. And then you're also seeing too, consumers are starting to really demand content that they want and content that makes it more available for more people. And I think where you're getting a lot of that that PC blowback is because you're kind of coming from a time period where nobody gave a shit about people who weren't, you know, straight white dudes. And now people are starting to give a shit. So you're having, I always call it the PC pendulum. So the PC pendulum is kind of like, start over here with nobody giving a shit. And then you have a really huge correction of people giving all of the shits all the time. That's all they so, give a shit. That's it. Yeah. And then and then it, you know, and then it kind of like starts to level out a little bit. I, I'm I don't know where I'm on that spectrum because I probably do give a lot of shit, but I act like I don't give a lot of shit. So I don't know if that puts me in the middle or if that just makes me very confused. I think it probably makes you more confused. Because when you're lined up, your actions kind of like align with how you feel on the inside. But if you don't know how you feel on the inside, then it's kind of like, whoa, where am I? Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, I don't give a shit. I have an older truck. It's cool. It gets me around. I don't really need a nice car. But I pull up to a cute girl. I'm like, fuck, I wish I had a nicer car right now. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Correction. <laughs> I wish no, I wore nice I clothes. wish I didn't dress like I'm still a high schooler, wear Mark Echo and like skater clothes. But I, it's whatever. I all Walmart hey. Walmart shirt shoes. You know my shoes will never cost more than twenty bucks. Dude, I'll give you some links to like discount clothing stores and shit if you want to get more trendy. <sighs> I feel like I need to become an adult. We're like collared shirts and ties nah, and slacks. That's boring. Don't do that. I need to. Yeah, I need to. You know, maybe shave more than once a week. Nah, being an adult is overrated. Yeah, it's overrated. Shit. It is overrated AF. But yeah, like I mean that's that's just where where I'm at with the with all of the the PC stuff. Personally, I think if consumers demand something enough, then companies should change it if they want to make the money or if they want to avoid, you know, the boycott. I know a lot of I was working for a publishing company for a while and one of the things that we would talk about was kind of how some of the writers behaved online. You know, just a, a couple of them kind of making a lot of sexist jokes and saying some off-color things and stuff like that. And talking to them about how, yo, man, the times they are changing, you can't say stuff like that. I mean, personally, with some of that stuff, I don't think they should have ever said it, but... You can't say stuff like that. People will not buy your material. As much as a lot of people will enjoy your books, a lot, very, a lot of people will not buy them because they feel that you're not aligned with them or you're not, you know, representing them. So like, you know, if something is super, super sexist, you might be alienating an entire demographic of women because they're like, oh, well, this clearly isn't for me. This is for guys because the writer has made it apparent by the things that he says. 
So I'm just not going to consume it because obviously this is not for me. And then you're alienating a whole demographic of people, not to mention like part of the male demographic that just doesn't really feel comfortable with things that are so heavily sexist sometimes. Hmm. You know, and it is, but you know, there, I have heard from people that I've done strategy before. No, I'm not going to change. I'm going to still make the jokes that I want. I'm still going to say all of the stuff that I want and I'm going to expect people to buy my stuff. And it's like, that's their, that's their prerogative. I'm, I'm a consultant. I'm a strategist. I can't force anybody to implement the strategies that I create for them. And I have to say, more often than not, the sales have suffered because people consume with their hearts now and they consume a lot of things with their moral alignment alignments. Like uh, there was that issue with uh, Jeffree Star not that long ago. So Jeffree Star is a former drag queen, uh, now very androgynous, has a makeup line, you know, really, really big. A few years ago, and honestly, they keep doing this and repeating this kind of behavior. So I, not even a few years ago, but the bigger incidents were a few years ago saying some really, really racist stuff, like saying that they were going to lighten a woman's skin tone by putting acid on her face so that she would match her foundation. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, uh, like what, what, what on earth would possess you to say that? And then them being like, no, it was a joke. And I'm like, that's, that's a thing that happens though. You can't, that's horrifying. Wow. And uh, it apparently dinged them enough, maybe socially or maybe in the pocketbook, because it was something that they'd avoided talking about for years and years. Like it was always being brought up. The screen caps were always floating around. The recorded videos of some of the things that they were saying to other women were like surfacing and they just really avoided it as best they could. But eventually it got bad enough that they had to address it either for sales, brand collateral, reputation, things like that. And they had to bring it up. But that's the thing is that doing and saying, you know, things, even if you feel they're a joke because they don't personally affect you, will alienate your target demographics enough that they will stop consuming and you will be forced to address the behavior at some point. Yeah. Because people... People just people are like, I like cat memes. I don't like racist jokes. And that's where people are at now. I, I honestly don't think it's that bad. <laughs> we, we should wrap this up, Caitlin. This has been awesome. I'd love to stick around. I think, uh, I don't know if Radio Vegas Rocks is going to kill me. I went over two hours. Can you believe that? Oh, shit. We did. Damn. We did go. We went a long time. Yeah. Just, but uh, there was, there's part of that. There's like that long break. Yeah. And then there was that part where we were just kind of rambling nonsense that happened like somewhere in the middle of the podcast. And then where it picks up. And then I hurt myself. And then we started talking about YouTube analytics. <laughs> there's like a lot of stuff you could cut out. It's all staying. So let's Damn get it. to the second wrap up show. Ayo Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? So, for all three of you who watch this, I'm just teasing. There's four or five, maybe ten. Snap. (laughs) uh, I'm totally kidding, though. Um, For those of you who enjoyed listening to me blabber at 
Sean, thank you, by the way, for putting up with me today and letting me be on with Anytime. Tia and Tubi. That was that like made that made that made my life. Like I got a serious burn, and then you put a giant smile on my face by letting me say hi. And that, thank you so much for that. But you guys can find me over at that sea monster, spelled with the letter C, over on YouTube. You can also find me on Instagram at that sea monster. Same spelling, and uh, you can also sometimes find me over hanging out with uh, Comics Explained and Comic Historian sometimes. So that is where you can find me, and on Twitter. I'm on everything as at that sea monster. So. And you were doing a uh, you were doing the game of rants with the uh, what's those guys' names again? I forgot. I I was with the Comic Noob show. We were comic doing Noob, yeah. rants. Yeah, the Comic Noob guys. They are very fun, and I'm sad that I have to wait another year before we can all hang out again. Like 18 months, right? I know. I'm so upset. But I think I'm going to be on uh, their next uh, improv sketch thing that they're doing. They do improv too? They're doing this uh, alternate universe sketch comedy thing. So we all play different characters from the comic book universe, and we act out like really weird or cringy fan fictions. What? Yeah. 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 Sounds cool. Check out the comic noobs, guys. And yeah, check sea out the comic noobs. And not check sea monster isn't like the Loch Ness sea monster. Sea. Boom. Sea. That sea monster spelled with the C. And you can join me for bedtime stories, which is a podcast where we just hang out and talk about nerdy shit or really whatever you guys want to talk about. And uh, you can also find comic book videos on my channel where I try to summarize entire story arcs in like a minute that never works i've only done it once and that was with teen titans judas contract (laughs) that's awesome yeah bedtime stories is fun i remember that time we were just hanging out reading uh amazon reviews that was hilarious so fun i that that episode i privated so my channel wouldn't get knocked for bad language oh you did it on yours too remember well we did it on on uh on on this podcast yeah, I remember when we did that on this one. I did it on mine too, but yeah, this this one I think was the best reading that we had. Was That's the fine. Amazon reviews. We should gal- do that again. Fifty gallon t- tub of lube. I I love the the one where it's like really extreme, where like all the children die because of a ten gallon tub. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> They put it on the slip and slide and they launch into space. Yeah, I'm always down to do fun stuff. If you can think of anything fun to do and you have ideas, like just hit me up. We'll record a podcast. Totally. I actually, so recently, and I, I might be doing this tonight as well, but uh, recently my immortal was revealed. The writer was revealed and she has another book coming out. What's, you know, that? The What's really, my immortal? So my immortal is the world's worst fan fiction. Oh, it so it's, is, it's like one of those like one of those movies that are so bad you watch it. It's so bad. It's genius. <laughs> it is genius. And it is probably my favorite fan fiction of all time. And I'm going to do a marathon reading it in honor of her new book coming out, which is actually about how she wrote My Immortal and her journey to look for her long-lost foster brother. What it's like she's actually a very talented writer apparently and she wrote that for kicks and giggles that's awesome that's fun yeah it's it's genius so i'm totally reading it again i will totally read it if i learn how to read yep or or you can head over to my channel and we'll be reading it tonight oh you're gonna be reading it tonight 
Mm-hmm. I'll play video games and have that playing in the background. Put the sound of the Do video it. games down. I'll just be shooting shit, and you'd be reading uh, my, Maya what? Maya Mortal. Maya Mortal. Reading about dementia, darkness, Raven Way. At first, I thought you said my immortal. I was like, what do you mean, my immortal? My immortal is going to go into something. You said something. I was like, my immortal? Immortal? What is an immortal? Forget everything I said, guys. Uh, If you guys want to hear me talk some video games and say some other ridiculous stuff, check me out on the Almost Better Than Silence podcast, episode 190. That was a couple weeks ago, and I haven't recorded in a couple weeks, so I haven't mentioned it. But go check me out over there. Yeah, those guys are awesome. More video game nerds. Gotta love it. Uh, let's see. Horribly Awkward can be found on the Hush Your Face Network. So go to HushYourFace.com and listen to all the other podcasts. Hush Your... That seems like a perfect network for uh, Caitlin to be on. Hush Your Face. I, I do need to hush my face on. <laughs> uh, you can listen... Like, gotta work on that. You guys can listen to the podcast on RadioVegas.rocks every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Um... Uh, find me on Twitter at awkward underscore podcast. Find me. My personal Twitter is at they call me Iams. If you guys want to play video games, they call me Iams is my gamer tag on all, everything except for Switch because Switch makes it complicated and, and you have to enter in like a nine hundred, like nine hundred like character uh, number skew. It's impossible to ho- hook up with friends. And um, find me on YouTube. As Caitlin said, there might be three three followers on there that like me. So be the, you could be the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email, horriblyawkwardpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a voicemail, 510-600-3475. Done. Finn. Yeah. Bam. We done. As Gidget would say, peace out, Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M. And the L to the Slam cans in the house, so drop your listen. Poor whiskey, backward cock flask. Merrily sock, bird telling cat. Destiny Doctor Downcast Carelessly squandered lamb Heavenly Slaughtered Broadcast It's the Horribly Awkward Podcast Give me a horribly awkward No, it's more like Peace out, Brussels sprouts! Oh, peace out, Brussels sprouts! Oh, I turned the air conditioning off. It's fucking hot. What? <laughs> Chubby goes on Pokemon raids, just like in real life. <laughs> I think that's the one that should be used. Yes. Old oh. Man Jenkins was not so much a dastardly machine, but was a little bit more of a drunk old homeless man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't. Hey. Don't worry about Old Man Jenkins. All right. All right. I have a baby kitten. The baby kitten says hi. I I fi- I got I got to your Twitter and just followed you and oh my god these baby kittens are ridiculous they're the tiny little wide eyed ginger kitties I know just in time for pumpkin spice season two mm. what's Can gonna you- happen when they get adopted it's gonna be so hard to give them up you you should just adopt them oh I have so many cats at home. Get little um, Starbucks costumes and put them in it and then call it Pumpkin Spice Latte. Oh, that would be so cute. Just dressing them up as actual little Pumpkin Spice Lattes. Mm, they're <laughs> so sweet. Oh my god, this one's staring up at the sky. I just want to sit I just want to sit in on your guys' conversation. This would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kittens are a gift. 
Um, <laughs> oh, uh, the Pikachu toy on the McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Recording an ad. Acura, drive our cars. <laughs> what? That was an actual car, guys. <laughs> that was a motorcycle. Yeah, I think the last two sketches I was part of, they went horribly awkward, too. <laughs> the podcast the- lives up to its oh, name. Oh, yeah. That's a horribly awkward show. Yeah.